Section 31 of A Short History of France by Mary Duclos. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Pamela Nagami. Part 4. Chapter 1. The Reign of Terror. Part 4. The Girondins had appealed to the departments. Against them Robespierre, that apostle of unity, pronounced the word that was to ruin them without reprieve, federalism. Robespierre did not thunder like Danton or scream like Marat, but his clear, shrill voice enunciated calmly syllables that the ears of his listeners retained for ever. And it must be owned that in this, as in other things, Robespierre had a strange prevision of the future. As a thinker, at least, as a seer, he made few mistakes. On the eve of the nineteenth century that was to fight such glorious fights for the unity of North America, the unity of Italy, the unity of Germany, the unity of the Slavs, Robespierre saw, sixty years before the rest of us, the superannuated futility of the Girondins' federal ideal. He foresaw that, as he foresaw our terrible modern conception of the art and state of war and he was equally ready to die for his dream or to drown in blood those who opposed it no wonder the girondins felt their blood run cold or rather felt it run hotter than blood should run for they were men of the fiery south and the fieriest of them all unhappily was the president of the convention he was again unfortunately since aquitaine mixes a sober dose of reason in its heady wine no lawyer from Bordeaux like most of the Girondins, but a clever declamatory perfumer from Grasse in Provence. On the 27th of May, 1793, this man, Isnard, as president of the convention, was required to receive a deputation from the commune, and at the sight of his enemy, his eloquence stole away his wits, and he declared, Listen while I tell you if ever in an odious desecration paris should lay hands on the deputies of the nation i declare to you in the name of france paris shall disappear from the face of the earth and men shall seek in vain on which bank of the seine paris once used to exist robespierre and marat had now their excuse it was sacrilege in the eyes of the commune to speak ill of paris the capital of liberty henceforth Isnar and all his comrades were hostages for the provinces. Robespierre washed his hands of them and their fate, saying in his plaintive way at the Society of Jacobins, It is not for me to say how the people are to save the Republic. What is one man? It is not for me to indicate the necessary measures. I am ill. I am consumed by a slow fever, and especially by the fever of patriotism. I have said my say. The leader with a sigh sank into his seat, and the people of Paris, feeling the reins loose on their neck, rose in an obedient riot, invaded the convention armed with pikes and rifles, and affirming their right to insurrection in their capacity of a sovereign people, demanded the proscription of two and twenty deputies. It is not easy to say why they fixed on this particular figure. There were in the assembly a great many more than two and twenty Girondins. Monsieur Roland estimates their number at one hundred and sixty-five, but those twenty-two were a sort of general staff. 
and besides in one of those baseless libels disseminated by the party newspapers which were at the origin of most of the excesses of paris had it not been written that the gironde had supplied dumouriez with a list of two-and-twenty jacobins whose heads were to fall the day when his armies should conquer the capital the two-and-twenty escaped with their lives banished from the convention banished from the capital some of them proceeded to rouen it was a favourite idea of theirs as it had been of the king's that the national assembly of deputies ought not to be exposed to the fret and fever of an excitable metropolis the monarchy had governed from the stately quiet of versailles the americans were even then founding a parliamentary city named after george washington in the very centre of their states and the girondins had thought of bourges because it is situated in the centre of france but the evident sympathies of the normans for their cause had drawn them to rouen where they held a sort of informal congress to expound their views and there they moved the patriotism and the passion of a young girl of noble instincts to such a fervour of pity and indignation that keeping her own counsel she left the city and took the coach for paris she was the great-granddaughter of pierre corneille the tragic poet a tragic solution came naturally to the mind of charlotte corday d'armont we all know how she bought a knife under the arcades of the palais royal how she called at marat's house forced her way into his presence and stabbed him in his bath that was on the thirteenth of july four days later she paid her debt under the sliding axe of the guillotine happy because she thought that she had rid her country of a tyrant alas she had only sent her friends the girondins to the scaffold the murder of marat had maddened paris for marat was the idol of the people coeur de jesus coeur de marat prayed the jacobins and his bust was set on many a patriotic altar we see the saints we adore through a magic prism which makes them resemble an image in our heart it is difficult for us to comprehend the cultus of paris for this pretentious and bloodthirsty lunatic but to the men of the terror marat appeared all pity all power all certitude of salvation and in their ignorance they took the hare-brained doctor for a man of science marat ce philosophe formé par la méditation et le malheur the murder of a god exacts a bloody sacrifice the girondin deputies were tracked like wild beasts imprisoned beheaded on the third of october twelve of them were guillotined in paris at the other end of france in their own bordeaux another half-dozen were guillotined some tried to escape the corpse of petion was found in the fields half eaten by dogs condorcet committed suicide almost all the personages mentioned in this narrative will come to the same violent end the queen beheaded on the fifteenth of october madame elizabeth a few months later chaumette the syndic procureur of paris after his royal prisoner barnave regretting only as he wrote to one of his sisters the pleasures of friendship et la culture de l'esprit dont l'habitude a souvent rempli mes journées d'une manière délicieuse and later as the tragic whirligig went round bringing new men up sending others down danton the giant of the revolution sacrificed by robespierre 
than Robespierre himself, Saint-Just. 2,500 persons were executed in Paris during the Terror, 5,000 drowned in the Loire at Nantes. At Lyon, the suspects were shot down in troops. A sad fatality, said Camille Desmoulins, one December evening at the Society of Jacobins, an unhappy fatality wills that out of sixty persons who witnessed my marriage contract, only two remain, Robespierre and Danton, all the rest are guillotined or have emigrated. Imprudent Camille, such reflections are not esteemed civic. Thy gifted feather head will soon fall in the basket, soon to be joined by Robespierre and Danton's. When in its first glow of dawn the Republic had gladdened the world, its prophets had considered their new government in the light of a religion. The Republic was the successor of superannuated Christianity. The years should no longer be counted from the birth of Jesus Christ, but from the proclamation of the Republic. In the new year there were twelve months with, in each three weeks or decades of ten days, with a sort of leap-year surplus for Republican festivals. The year began with the era, on the 22nd of September, 1792, the day of the autumnal equinox, and the months ran in their courses, Vendémiaire, the vintage month, Brumaire, the month of mists, Frimaire, of freezing, Nivos, the snow month, Pluvios, the time of rains, Ventos, the windy season, Germinal, when plants begin to germinate, Florial, the month of flowers, Prairial, the time of hayfields, Mesidor, the harvest moon, Termidor, the hot season, Fructidor, the season of fruits. Of all these lovely names, only two are still frequent on our lips. We still speak of Termidor and Brumaire because of the great political events with which they are associated. A nation cannot lose, by act of Parliament, the mental habit of many centuries. In France, in any difficulty, Frenchmen naturally turned toward the king. In 1793, when all Europe fell on France, while in her own boundaries there raged a war of secession, even the Republicans looked instinctively for some strong man, some anox androne, to appear and deliver. The Girondin had called Marat before the bar of his peers because he had cried that France needed a chief, a military tribune. In August 1793, in the Society of Jacobins, another orator arose and announced the advent of a messiah, le grand homme qui doit paraître, qui sauvera son pays et donnera la paix en assurant le bonheur du monde. At that moment, sick of anarchy, the eyes of France turned towards Robespierre, that spick-and-span, elegant, slim, and gentle figure appeared no less than the wild, filthy, raving Marat, the expected angel of deliverance. So deep was the need of a savior. But Robespierre was incapable of impulse or daring. In opposition to most historians, I believe that Robespierre was perfectly sincere and perfectly well-intentioned, but, wrapped in his vision and his system, his imagination lacked the human touch that made Danton, for instance, passionately aware of the horror of his crimes. Robespierre saw the world as a tissue of numbers and maxims and systems. Of all the blood he shed, no warm drop splashed up in his eyes or stained his heart. 
was this unpleasant operation necessary for the infinite advantage of humanity he thought it was and esteemed himself an apostle and a benefactor while danton disgusted with his own blood guiltiness exclaimed j'aime mieux être guillotiné que guillotineur robespierre gazing into the future smiled ecstatically and murmured encore quelques serpents à écraser those last serpents crushed he felt the millennium at hand the odd thing is that robespierre should have been popular as he certainly was more than once between the summer of ninety three and the summer of ninety four paris threw herself at his feet and would fain have thrown herself into his arms robespierre was apparently shocked he considered these advances as an improper proposal the only use he made of his power was to exterminate heresy and that with such ruthless vigour that at last the very city that had adored him felt her gorge rise at the sight of those clear green eyes at the sound of that clear keen voice always demanding blood more blood turned from him with loathing and sent him to join the thousands he had slaughtered on the ninth of thermidor in the year two on the twenty seventh of july seventeen ninety four the reign of terror came to an abrupt end robespierre st just and their companions were sent to the guillotine by an unexpected revolt and coup d'etat of their confederates and on the morrow on the morning of the tenth of thermidor when the deputies of the convention left the tuileries they were hailed with the shouts of a crowd delirious with joy women threw roses at them as they passed young men seized the skirts of their coats and lifted them to their impassioned lips the men of the moment new names talion freron barras looked at each other in surprise they had guillotined their old accomplice robespierre as a matter of political necessity when doubtless had intended to continue an excellent method for securing a majority but being neither men of genius like danton men of character like st just nor men of absolute and reasoned conviction like robespierre but just opportunists and men of politics they grasped the situation in a twinkling so mercy was to be the order of the day they welcomed an idea which decided that robespierre's avengers could not anew pretend to place and power henceforth the jacobins were fallen from grace and a certain thibaudot writes in his memoir ensemble sortir du tombeau et renaître à la vie End of section thirty one